Hey, Pastors Dylan, Tess, Yannick, and all of Link Church. It's an honor and privilege for me, Pastor Josh McCauley, to be ministering in our church and your church this weekend. I pray that today's word gives you a fresh perspective of the love and grace God has for you in Christ Jesus. Thanks so much for the honor of bringing the word. I pray it blesses you today. Let's get to the word for today. I believe I have something that will tell you all about the good news of Jesus and will minister hope, faith, and love into your life. I hope you can also appreciate that today I put on a jacket, a smart jacket for the first time in the past few months. And the truth is it's a little tighter than I would like. Uh, and uh, it has reminded me that I do not watch my carb intake. Anyways, but it's all good. Let's get to the word and I hope you can smile. I know that today, like any other day, but even more so, again, in this world, in this coronavirus crisis, in this economic crisis, in all kinds of crisis taking place around the world, our true hope, our, our true light, our, 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 the only thing we need to anchor our lives to is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And today I wanted to talk to you from a famous passage of scripture that you might have heard before, but I want to hopefully shed light on it to minister faith, hope, and love, and ultimately the gospel of Jesus into your life. So, Matthew chapter 16, verses 24, we're gonna go there together. And, and Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he's making an instruction. He's actually declaring to them a way in which to live the life God has for you, to live the life heaven has purchased for you. But I first wanna read you the scripture and then I want to actually explain what Jesus is saying, what he's not saying. All right, so in verse chapter 24, Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, in other words, to follow me, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Okay, heavy words. But Jesus is actually trying to show us where life is, where life is not, where freedom is, where freedom is not, where salvation is and where salvation is not. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I've heard this passage of Scripture communicated in a way that it puts on me the onus of changing my life to such a degree that it would result in me finding the life God has for me. But the change and the method and what was proposed and what was placed on me actually scared the life out of me. Actually, scared, it scared me because I realized I can't do these things. So in verse chapter 24, in verse chapter, in chapter 16, verse 24, what is going on with me today? Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, right, deny yourself, take up your cross. So how this is positioned often is it's said, if you really want to follow Jesus, you need to do two things. You need to stop all bad behavior. Deny yourself. Because if self is flesh, then following Jesus is literally going on a sin diet. It's like, do you deny yourself? Do you deny yourself? It's like, oh, I want that chocolate. Like if chocolate was a sin, which 
I don't believe it is. Anyways, let's not get go there. Okay, but let's just take this mentality of uh, something you want is bad for you. It's not good for you, but you're like, oh, I want to. Then deny yourself. It's like, no, no, no. And then it goes on to say, take up his cross. Now, come on, a cross is a hectic thing. A cross does not re- represent. Uh, a, a little bit of an uncomfortable life. The cross was literally the murder, the, the, the place that, the ultimate crime, it's like the death penalty. It's literally like saying, take up your cross. In other words, you have to live a life carrying a cross. When we see the picture of Jesus carrying the cross, when this often is portrayed to people, it's like the life that God wants for you If you're going to call yourself a Christ follower, a Christ believer, that life looks like this. You are constantly living in absolute discipline. So even though you want something, you're like, no, no, no. And you're taking a cross everywhere you go. You're literally carrying a cross. Everywhere you go, it's hard, it's harsh. This is for Jesus, but it's the worst. It's the most difficult thing ever. And that's what it is to follow Jesus. Can I ask you a few logical questions? What is the purpose of Jesus living a sinless life, right? And dying a sinful death. If the way we find life following Jesus is to live a sinless life and die a painful death. The way this is portrayed to people is literally saying, To follow Jesus, you need to do what Jesus did. We can't do that. The whole purpose of Jesus living a sinless life in our place and then dying a sinful death in our place, the whole purpose of that is simply this, to fulfill what was required of us in order for us to live in the life Christ wanted us to to live in, the life God desired for you from beginning, the life that was desired for us before the fall of man, the life that was desired of us that God wanted us to have before it all went south. God has a life for you, abundant, full of peace, full of joy, right? God has a life for you that is a heaven on earth. But the way to that is not to try and replace Christ, actually to receive Christ and apply Christ. Well, you know what, Josh, listen, what you're saying right now sounds like heresy because it sounds like you are speaking against the words of Jesus. No, 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 no. Because Jesus goes on to say, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. So straight away he says, if you try To save yourself, you won't save yourself. You will actually lose your life. But whoever loses his life will find it. Okay? In context, this is actually what Jesus is saying. Right? At the time Christ is sharing this, there already is a form of worship. That worship requires that you under the Ten Commandments and under the law are acknowledging you're failing the law, which is why your priest has to take your animal and kill your animal as your priest for your sin 
because you are consistently failing the standard under which you are living required for you to have the favor of God in your life. So an innocent has to have bloodshed in order for you to even expect that God would hear your prayer, would atone of your sin, would allow there to be favor in your life, right? So Jesus is speaking and he's saying, actually to follow me is different to what is currently going on. To follow me literally means to deny yourself. And the conversation there is he's talking about salvation. The life Jesus has for you is about you letting go of seeing yourself as your savior. See, we instinctively try to fix everything. We instinctively try to save ourselves, to work for ourselves, to earn for ourselves. It is human nature that when we hear there's a problem, we try to fix it. We try to be our saviors. We try to step in and do what Jesus says, no, actually, true salvation is when you deny yourself self-righteousness, self-effort, self-ability. In other words, to say, I can't do this. I can't save myself. I can't do for me what God wants to do for me. I cannot be God in my life is to truly deny yourself. Is You know, Jesus actually calls self-righteousness filthy rags. It's a very graphic picture, but he's saying that our self-righteousness is literally like a sanitary pad. In other words, you're bleeding and you can't stop the bleeding. All you can do is try and hide the bleeding. And it's interesting that when the woman who had internal bleeding, she could not stop her menstrual cycle happening consistently for 12 years. She was always living with her period, and this was seen as, and this was a disease, this was a sickness, and Jesus says, self-righteousness is literally like sanitary pads, and he says, you can't save yourself. You will still bleed. You can try and hide it. In other words, you can't stop yourself being a sinner. You cannot self-save right? So Jesus says to follow me is different because to follow me is to truly lose the life of self-salvation. Well, pastor, let's let's, let's look at this phrase because it actually says take up your cross. The question I ask you is what cross does God give you? What cross is your cross? The only cross in scripture I know is yours is not the cross you hang on in your own ability. It is a cross that Christ hung on for you. When you pick up a cross, you are not picking up your ability to suffer. You are not saying, I will hang on the cross. Joshua McCauley will now go find a cross. I will carry a cross and I will put in a huge effort and I'll be bleeding from my shoulders and I will know what you're saying is I will pick up the cross that is mine and that is the cross Christ died to give you. The cross that Christ hung on to you means your forgiveness of sin, your healing, 
your prosperity, your acceptance, your freedom. So when we look at the cross where Christ hung, you know, everything required of us, Christ answers at the cross. Do you know, even at the cross, it says that Jesus had a robe, a beautiful purple robe, a royal robe. And in those days, just like today, come on, your clothes is a, is a representation of your wealth. Your clothes can be something people can spend hundreds of thousands of, 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 of dollars and pounds on special designer stuff. Like, and it actually says that at the foot of the cross, that the soldiers gambled over Jesus's robe. They were competing for it because it was valuable. It was worth a lot of money. So Jesus takes his robe of righteousness as the Messiah, as God, as the Son of God, as the perfect lamb. It gets stripped from him at the cross, and he hangs naked. He hangs being shamed by the crowd, tortured, right? And you know why he has it taken from him? So that it can be given to us, that robe of righteousness. So even at the cross, He is impoverished financially so that because of the cross, we find provision because of his sacrifice, his salvation. So when I encourage you today, pick up your cross, what I mean by that is pick up the identity on the other side of the cross of Jesus Christ that you have. You might be standing here today, sitting there today, watching today, saying, I feel like I'm a failure. I feel like I have no future. I feel like I can't break free from this addiction. I feel like I'm, a, I'm an oppressed, depressed. I'm a mess. I have, I have no career. I have no calling. I have no hope. That is not the cross Jesus died to give you. The cross Jesus died to give you declares you full of a future, full of hope, full of healing, full of health, right? Full of a plan and a purpose, When we deny ourselves, we say, I'm going to stop trying to fix this through my effort. You might be looking right now at your life, your environment, your career, your company, your family, your marriage, and saying it's beyond repair. Let me tell you something. Recognize you can't be your savior. You can't save yourself. Jesus says, for you who desire to find your life, you need to lose it. Losing your life, according to Jesus, is losing the mindset that you are your savior. And that is why the world is falling apart, because the world is coming to the overwhelming conclusion that our governments, our societies, our economies, our institutions, our constitutions are not doing what we thought they would do, which is protect the people, take care of people, provide for people. It's not happening. Why? Because people can't save people. Only Jesus can. And to truly let go and live the life that he has for you, to find your life for Christ's sake. What is the sake of Christ? The gospel of Jesus Christ declaring you loved, cherished. Listen, the sake of Christ, Jesus' sake, his, it was the will of God. In scripture, it's recorded that it's God's will that Christ would die for us. That he would endure the cross for you. That his cross now becomes your cross. You know, it even says his death was our death and his resurrection now becomes our resurrection. You get to claim 
the reward of the cross of Jesus Christ because he went through it and earned it for you. I want to encourage you today. There is a life God wants you to live on the other side of losing the life the world wants you to live. To give up on self being our savior, to give up on self being the solution, to wake up in the morning and say, I don't have this figured out. I don't know how to do this, how to sort this out, but my God will figure it out. My God will be my savior. My God will be my provider. My God will be my restorer. You know, when we take even a look at our relationships, whenever I get into conflict with terror, what pulls me out quicker than anything else is to recognize that I can't behave myself into a better marriage because the truth is my behavior has already been paid for in full. I am forgiven, loved, and restored. And when I see myself the way Christ has made me, I no longer need to be right, fighting for every point, trying to argue my, well, this is how I feel. No, because the truth is I'm forgiven, loved, and restored. And the truth is then I'm pushed to go, babe, I love you. And I'm sorry if I've offended you, if I've hurt you. We what we're fighting for, when we're fighting for some things, when, we, when, we, when we're angry with people, when we want to sort things up and we want to say, hang on a second, my life is falling apart. You know what Jesus says? Lose self-salvation. Let it go. Let it go. And you know what we grab onto? Jesus is my savior. Jesus is my righteousness. Jesus is my provider. Jesus' cross is my cross. Every day, pick up your cross. What is the cross? Forgiven, redeemed, restored. That's the cross that God wants you to carry, the work of Jesus and what he's done for you. Following Jesus, it's not about trying to do what he did. It's about receiving what he's done for you. And then you function from the grace that is in the work of Christ Jesus. See, we don't forgive to be forgiven. We forgive because we have been forgiven. We don't love to be loved. We love because he loves me first. Everything of the life that God has for you to live is on the other side of letting go of the life you cannot live. Letting go of the life of works and self-salvation and self-effort and self-harm. Jesus has been through a life lived perfect and sinless and a death more traumatic than any person could ever endure for you to have a life on the other side that is a supernatural new covenant, new creation, being born again is to live a life that makes no sense to this world, but is a heaven on earth life. Peace that surpasses all understanding. You know how you have peace that surpasses all understanding? Your life is not based on human understanding. Your boss is not actually your resource. Your spouse is not actually your source of love, right? You, you live according to the identity, the value, right? And the provision that Jesus died to give you. From that, you live above the storm, above the situation, 
above what is going on in the context around us. We live in a life connected to heaven. Whoever loses this life to get to know Jesus will find it. Today, I want to encourage you, let go of the burden of trying to be your savior. Let go of the burden of trying to figure this all out and receive the rest that comes by the revelation that Jesus died to save you. And salvation in scripture is not just about dealing with sin, like now I can go to heaven. Salvation, there is an ongoing salvation. Every day, Jesus and his work and heaven is in your life to show you he is your savior. Saving, working, redeeming, restoring. Saving, working, redeeming, restoring. So when you wake up and you go, the world is full of problems, but I have a savior who is working for me. I have the cross, which declares me redeemed, restored, and righteous. I don't need to live a life trying to be self-righteous, righteous by self, but I'm righteous by Christ and his work. Can I pray with you today? Wherever you're watching, I really believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you to engage in a prayer right now, to just let go, to find the rest that exists in receiving the righteousness of God. I'm gonna pray with people watching right now who literally just need to let go, to let go of the life that you're living, to let go of some aspects of the life. You're, maybe you're holding on to hurt and pain. Maybe you're holding on to what's going on in your relationship and your finances in your life. Maybe there's stuff right now that you're like, I've been working so hard, Pastor, and the harder I work, the more this is a mess. I wanna pray that we just let go and we trust that into God's hands and say, God, you need to be savior here. You need to work here. You need to restore here. You need to redeem here. And then we're gonna pray after that prayer with people that don't know Jesus Christ and want to receive him for the first time. So first, let's pray with people out there right now who just feel like, yes, this is what I need. And God, I'm trusting to just let go more, to, to literally deny self-salvation. Maybe there's some areas we just need to let go and pick up the cross of Jesus Christ in that area. Father, I thank you right now, wherever people are watching for their health, for their, their finances, for their marriage, for their life, maybe even mentally right now, they've been literally stuck in a fog, stuck in an oppression, stuck in a depression, stuck in a cycle of just, everything is just heavy and hard. Father, I thank you that they can put out their hands in faith and grab onto the work that Jesus has done for them. Let them let go of this lie that says they have to fix everything, that they have to work at everything, that, that, that they have, by their effort, will they be rewarded. God, I just declare that they will let go and just let Jesus' supernatural ministry of grace and rest invade their life and just pour. Let the ministry of the Holy Spirit just wash them clean. And right now, let God just speak into their hearts and whisper the words, I've got this. Let me take care of this. Let me show you I'm your savior. Show you I'm your provider. Show you I'm in charge of your home, your health and your life. We declare, Lord Jesus, that as we let go of our ability and our effort, we pick up your ability and your effort and we will see the salvation of the Lord in our lives, in our homes, in Jesus' name. And now I'm gonna pray a prayer with people that are watching that don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Truth is, either you're gonna be your Savior or Jesus is gonna be your Savior. 
God is not interested in, 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 in how often you've been to church and whether you know all of scripture or not all of scripture. Actually, the question God asks is, will you let me save you through my effort and my work? God says, I've sent my son because I love you to die for you, that whosoever believes in what my son has done for them will be saved. I didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Jesus wants to offer you his salvation today. Would you pray with me and receive that salvation in your life? If that's you, just simply repeat this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Today I declare, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. Thank you for saving me. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer of salvation today with us for the first time, I'm gonna hand back to Link Church to tell you all the ways that you can connect and find out more about the incredible prayer you just prayed.